Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins, a program that features reflections on the lives of the saints and sacred scriptures, along with information on topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Jim Corda. Wineskins is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our show today, I will interview Socrates Kalitsos. We will also look at the life of St. Hilary, as well as reflections on the readings for this Epiphany of the Lord. That and more coming up on Wineskins. In our current issue segment, we will welcome back Darlene Jones. With me again is Darlene Jones, who is the Chief Executive Officer for St. Vincent de Paul in Trumbull, Portage, and Ashbeola Counties, the Northeast Ohio District. Welcome back to Wineskins. Thank you, Father. You know, the last time you were with us, we talked a lot about the mission of St. Vincent de Paul and the strength of the parishes that are involved in that. What I'd like to do is talk about how do we get more people involved in St. Vincent de Paul? Because the need is there. We just need more people to volunteer. How have you done that in your work? Well, really, myself and Lou Lipro, our district council president, we go out, we talk to area priests and other parishioners during Mass. So that's a big avenue for recruitment for us. But really, the most important recruiting tool we have are our parishioners who are members of local conferences. Our conferences are attached to essentially a local parish, and the members there are really just the the hands of God. They are out there in their neighborhoods. So that's the local connection for St. Vincent de Paul for most people. And I think really probably the primary uh, means of getting our word out there and getting our name and what we're doing is those parishioners who are doing the good work every day in their local parish. You know, before the taping, we were kind of talking about inviting and welcoming people to be part of not only St. Vincent de Paul, but any kind of a ministry in the church. But there's that one-on-one, that actually invitation that needs to go out Talk about how important that is. It really is. So many people that I've talked to have said, you know, I always thought about volunteering, but I just didn't know how to go about doing it. And that's why it really is important for our conference members and our current volunteers to reach out to your friends, reach out to those people who just may need to be connected. Sometimes we tend to, especially after COVID, we get a little bit isolated and it takes a, just a personal invitation to say, come do this, do this good work with us. Let's talk about how strong St. Vincent de Paul is in the Trumbull County area. What do you attribute that to? Really, our conference members and our volunteers, they are just, I've said this before, but they are the foundation of everything that St. Vincent de Paul does. Their heart, their generosity, the commitment to the mission and ministry to serve those in need is really just amazing. And we know that the need is great up on the lake in Ashtabula County. Talk about some of those services there. In Ashtabula County, we are just beginning to start rolling these programs out. So they have a very committed and dedicated group of people there who are working on their feeding programs, their pantry. And so in the coming year, the anticipation is that we will be able to expand those. But the need will really include also 
bringing more conferences in in that Ashtabula area and as, in Portage as well. What would you like to say to the leadership in parishes in order to get them to understand how important this work is of St. Vincent de Paul. What would you like to say to that? You know, come and see what we're doing in Trumbull County. We do site visits all the time for priests, for area agencies, for businesses who want to be involved now with what we're doing. And I think until you see really the, the breadth and scope of the programs and services we offer, we tend to think of St. Vincent de Paul as just a feeding program. But we really are so much more than that. And the need is great in those other areas. And let's talk about the need. We know that obviously the need is great because of some of the, the things that COVID did. But that need has always been there. Correct. Why is that need getting even more important and more difficult? Well, part of it is because some of the government safety net services are being scaled back. And some of them, we just don't have organizations to fill gaps. For example, we're working with Catholic Charities right now on expanding our immersion program. So men and women who are coming out of incarceration literally have been there maybe decades, come out with nothing. We expect recidivism rate to be very low, but we don't give them the tools. So those kind of programs are back-to-work programs, giving a person the glide path to be able to provide for himself or herself and their families. Those kind of things are so important, and they will help sustain a family for the long term, not just to take care of immediate needs, which we address also, but it's a much more holistic approach that we take. In closing... Just quickly, what would you tell the folks that are with us about how important it is to participate in St. Vincent de Paul? I cannot stress that without our volunteers and our members, we could not go on. We could never be able to pay the 300 plus volunteers that we have, but they really are the bedrock and give us the ability to take care of thousands of people in, our, in the Mahoning Valley. Darlene Jones, CEO of the Northeast Ohio Districts in Portage, Ashtabula, and especially Trumbull County for St. Vincent de Paul. Thank you for your time on Wineskins. We look forward to having you back in the future. And thank you for the great work that you do and your organization does to reach out in the Lord's name. Thank you, Father. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. The church celebrates a feast of St. Hilary on Saturday. To tell us more is Tom Anderson. He is from St. Charles Church in Boardman. St. Hilary was converted from paganism after reading the Bible, and especially the prologue of the Gospel of St. John. This married man and father later became a gifted interpreter of the Psalms and the Gospel according to St. Matthew. While still a layman, he was elected Bishop of Poitiers in France in the year 350. Eventually, he was sent into exile for his anti-Arianism. The pointed issue was the consubstantiality of the Son with the Father. In other words, that they were of the same nature. This was defended by Saint Athanasius in the East. In his treatise on the Blessed Trinity, Saint Hilary became the first theologian of the Latin Church to combat the Arian heresy and to introduce into the language of the West the precisions of Catholic doctrine and Greek thought. He also helped St. Martin of Tours promote the monastic life 
and he composed several liturgical hymns. The opening prayer of the Mass replaces the ancient Parisian phrase, proclaim the dignity of the word, to defended the divinity of Christ, your son. Hillary had in fact fought unsuccessfully in defense of the Orthodox faith. He also showed prudence and moderation amid the hostility of those bishops who repented of their past errors and were allowed to remain in office. It was written of him that the whole world ought to recognize that our French nation was freed from the sin of heresy through the intervention of Bishop Hillary. It was under St. Hillary that the clergy recognized more and more that even in a Christian state, the church must be separate and independent. The relevance of Hillary's message can be deducted from the opening prayer of the Mass in which we ask God to give us a deeper understanding of the divinity of Christ and help us to profess it in all truth. Moreover, in his treatise on the Holy Trinity, he exhorts us to be faithful to the teaching of sacred scripture. He prayed that the Lord will impart to us the meaning of the words of scripture and the light to understand it. Finally, it is interesting to note that in a letter to his daughter, Abra, he urged her to renounce marriage and remain a virgin. St. Hilary was declared a doctor of the church by Pope Pius IX. His feast is celebrated on January 13th. For Wineskins, I'm Tom Anderson. With me today is Socrates Kalitsos, who is going to celebrate and share some ideas on Orthodox Christmas. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show today. My pleasure to be here. You know, the last time we were together was several years ago. We were talking about the St. John Chrysostom Society. We're going to talk a little bit about that a little later in our time together. But I'd like to talk about Christmas. And Christmas is a special time for Christians throughout the world. We celebrate the birth of our Savior and his birth into our hearts, into our homes, and right now, especially into our world where we need him the most. We do know that many Orthodox celebrate Christmas today on January 7th, but many have gone to celebrate it in the Western world, which is traditionally on December 25th. Talk about your experience of Christmas as an Orthodox. Well, being Greek Orthodox, there's obviously a distinction because we chose to go with the West, and I happen to be 79 years old now, and I do not recall ever celebrating any other time other than December 25th. Although many of our brothers in other denominations celebrate, I believe it's the 6th of January, and they've stayed that way and will remain that way from my conversations. That's their choice. The one holiday that we are together is Easter. Let's talk a little bit about the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Mother is extremely significant for us as Catholics and as Orthodox. How important is Mary when we're talking about Christmas, whether we're Catholic or Orthodox? Well, there's no question in my mind that she's very, very special, being that she was selected, chosen by God, and she is the one that he blessed to be giving birth to his son as a human 
yet God, which is something that's difficult to understand, but it's a extreme blessing to her, honoring her. And Mary is someone that many, many people ask for intercession on a daily basis. And of course, we talked about her as the God-bearer, in Greek, Theotokos. Exactly. You know, what, a, what a beautiful image that she is. I'm visualizing now the icon of the Blessed Mother and holding Jesus and just the image of her tenderness and her love to the end. And she was the one who is basically the first Christian, the first one to give glory to God. How important is Christmas for us as Christians, first of all? Well, I look at Christmas as very important. I look at it from the viewpoint of an Orthodox Christian. And Christmas is an important holiday, but I hate to refer to it as number two Mm. because Easter is the most important. Mm -hmm. The holiday of Christmas is celebrated in many ways in different parts of the world and in Greece, and different parts of Greece, obviously, would celebrate it a little different. The key is that it goes 40 days prior to, and from looking at this, I realize that every time there's a 40-day fast, And a fast is not just from food. It's Mm -hmm. from so many things. And Mm -hmm. a good Christian should understand that. Mm -hmm. The celebration is looked at for Christmas more of a preparatory, Mm -hmm. preparing for something big to happen. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. bigger thing is there than the birth of our Lord? In all areas of Greece, there is caroling, Mm -hmm. but there's church. 40 days of fasting and church is a regular occurrence as well as here. But until the actual 24th, when church is over that day, the fast is broken. Hmm. And they go on and celebrate in whatever way that particular family chooses to do so. But it's when you haven't eaten certain things, your mind is telling you, oh my God, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. So they celebrate then. And the next day, again, it's family. Mm-hmm. The family is the key thing, and I believe that somebody who has been properly brought up in the church, whether it be the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church, in my opinion, they're raised knowing that God is first. Mm-hmm. Hard to understand when you're looking at mm-hmm. a human, mm-hmm. but God is first. Second is the family, because, again, those were blessings mm-hmm. from God. Then the church than the community. And it all goes back to love one another in a big way. Mm -hmm. We have no way of really realizing that every day in our lives is influenced by God. Mm -hmm. I can even take you a moment away. I'm driving to Columbus with my mother, who didn't want to go. It was a birthday party for one of her grandchildren because she was afraid of the three-and-a-half-hour drive. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the drive that I have taken, let's me use the word a thousand times, she says, oh, my God. I said, what's, what's the matter, Mom? And she says, look at the beauty that God created mm. that I never noticed mm. driving it for school board meetings down in Columbus. But everything we do and everything ar- around us 
is a gift from God, and it's a responsibility we have to maintain it and treat it right. Mm. I'm sorry for drifting off. No, I'm glad you did because it's those personal stories, those personal uh, witnesses that really bring us in touch with what it's all about. And, you know, Christmas oftentimes in our modern society becomes so commercialized, so materialized that we forget about what the real reason is all about. And we can carry that through up until Easter when we celebrate the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In closing, what would you like to tell the folks that are with us that are celebrating Orthodox Christmas today? Thank the Lord for the blessing, the love and blessing that he bestowed upon humanity to allow his son to come and be a part of us and to guide us in what God expects of us. And obviously, there's a Greek word called theosis, and that's our goal, to become more like God, mm-hmm. although it's almost an impossible task because we're living in a world that's changing every day. And unfortunately, in my mind, in not a great way, but we of the church have to be mindful that there are people working against us So we must celebrate life and do everything we can to honor the Lord. Socrates, Kalitsos, thank you so much for your presence on our show today. We look forward to that again down the road. But wishing you, your family, your loved ones, uh, blessed holidays. And may the Lord continue to be in your heart and home as we celebrate his presence today. Thank you. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Hello, I'm Bishop Dave Bonner of the Diocese of Youngstown. Christmas is a blessed time to remember the miraculous gift of God's love in Jesus, the newborn King. We recall the angel's message announced over 2,000 years ago. Today, in the city of David is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As we celebrate his birth, May his gifts of love and peace be born again in our hearts and homes this Christmas season. By the time we can walk, each of us yearns for the joy that comes from being able to do for ourselves. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Church World Service. The Catholic Echo is the media arm of the Catholic Diocese of Youngstown, and it seeks to inform and entertain Catholics in our six-county diocese by forging stronger connections to our parish communities and highlighting the many blessings of Catholic life in our region. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. The song we have for you today is from the CD called In His Presence. It is by the Kellenberg Memorial High School Choir.
And to tell us about the scriptures for this Epiphany of the Lord is Monsignor John Zura. He is pastor of St. Charles Church and St. Luke Church, both in Boardman. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord. The greatest thing about the Magi was their faith. Even though they were outsiders, they were Gentiles, they recognized Christ as the Savior of the world. They're models for us. This morning, our pages of sacred scripture begin with Isaiah. The prophet cheers the exiles who return from Babylon with a vision of a restored city. Our second reading from Ephesians, God invites Jews and Gentiles to share an equal footing for the salvation brought by Jesus Christ. The three Gentiles come from far countries to pay homage to the Christ child, while the Jewish leaders reject him. Since the Magi were both Gentile, St. Matthew shows receiving a revelation through astrologers. The story highlights the paradox of how the Jews who have the scriptures reject Jesus. While the Gentiles come in and, with the help of the sacred scriptures, find and adore him. For Matthew, the story of the Magi become an anticipation of the faith of the good news, which is salvation. The faith that he knew in the aftermath of the resurrection. Today, as we celebrate the epiphany of the Lord, let us be reminded of the fact that the great news that came from the Magi is the great news of faith. For Wineskins, I'm Monsignor John Zura. God blesses a people so that they might be a blessing to the entire world. Even today, grace comes to us from God. And why? So that we who have experienced His grace might become gracious, so that we who have received His grace might pass it on to one another. Wineskins is made possible through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. The program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm Father Jim Corda, saying thank you for being with us, and we of Wineskins want to extend to our Orthodox sisters and brothers a very blessed Christmas. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to PovertyUSA.org today, because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.